You're listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast, episode 8. Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Hi, Phil here, and welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, where I talk with experienced IT professionals, consultants, and experts from around the world each week. As always, you'll find show notes for the episode on the website, which is itcareerenergizer.com. And please remember to subscribe in iTunes to get episodes downloaded automatically every week. And now, this week's episode. Today's featured guest is Jeremy Schiefling. Jeremy is the founder and CEO of Break Into Tech, which helps non-coders land tech jobs. Previously, he's worked for companies such as Apple and LinkedIn, having started out his career as a kindergarten teacher. However, Jeremy is still a teacher at heart, so he's now dedicated his career to helping others succeed in the same way that he has. So, Jeremy, can you give us a little bit more about your background and maybe fill in a little bit around that brief bio? Absolutely. And first of all, thanks so much for having me on the show. It's a real honor. Um, as far as sort of where I'm coming from, you know, as you mentioned in the overview, very much a varied background. Um, studied liberal arts back in university and ultimately worked in the education and nonprofit NGO sector before getting an MBA, which helped me transition to Silicon Valley. And as you mentioned, worked at Apple, worked at LinkedIn, worked at another startup before starting my own. And hopefully what that shows to your listeners is that it's not always about a straight path from, say, a computer science major or degree straight into a hot tech company, but in fact, careers are often winding and don't always involve um, a point A to point B trajectory. So even if you've come from different backgrounds, even if you've taken different steps in your own path, just know that if you're truly passionate about the IT space, there are lots of opportunities and pathways that will take you there. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think opportunity is the key word there. Yes, and I also think if you're planning to go from A to B, you'll find out that it's not a straight path. Absolutely. Okay, can you share with us a unique career tip that the IT Career Energizer audience need to know and probably don't? Yeah, so I think the first thing I would say is if you're considering a role in the IT world, you have to understand where you can add value. I think for a lot of people who are on the outside looking in, their first focus is on companies. I want to work for Google. I want to work for Facebook, these big brand names we've heard yes. of. And that's, yeah. and that's certainly fine. You know, um, Recruiters do respond well when there's a level of passion for the company. But what they respond especially well to is when you can demonstrate in your application and the way you engage with them that this is my specialty. This is what I can come in and do on day one. And that's a number of different things. It could be marketing and sales. It could be business development where you're building partnerships. It could be human resources where you're recruiting the next generation of talent. But whatever um, sort of space you decide to get into, knowing your value, knowing how you can make an immediate contribution, that's so critical in the IT world because things move really fast here. And frankly, even at the biggest companies, there isn't always time for lots of training like you might have in a more traditional industry. So there is an expectation that you can add value pretty much from the moment that you walk in the door. Yes, yeah, so, so that's an interesting point. I mean, how, how do you usually advise people to go about doing that? Yeah, so on my website, which is breakinto.tech, 
Um, I actually walk through 10 different roles at every stage of the product development lifecycle that involve non-technical talent making a really important contribution. Right. Yes. All the way, yeah, from business operations, which is sort of the strategy side of technology. So trying to figure out what new products should we build, what new markets should we enter, all the way down to finance and accounting where, you know, 12 months after launch, how did the launch go? Was it successful? How do we measure its success? And everything in between. And so I would look through some of those roles and start to figure out what does it feel like to be in this role? Could I imagine myself marketing something or closing a deal as a salesperson? And if you can start to put yourself in those shoes, you can have a visceral reaction. You can say, you know, this absolutely feels like me or this feels like something I would dread doing. Once you can start with that emotional response, then you can get a little more analytical about, okay, I would like to do this job. It sounds perfect for me. How can I connect my past experiences into that role? That sounds like an interesting approach, yes. Okay, can you tell us about your uh, worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? (laughs) For sure, yeah. So I think um, probably the worst experience I had, out of no fault of the company, but more of my own, was when I first got into the tech space as an intern at Apple, I had focused very much on the company and their brand, as I was just mentioning not to do, and less so on what it would actually be like to work there, what the internal culture was like. And so for those who don't know, Apple is a very sort of hard-driven place. Um, It runs very lean, even for a large organization. So I was working on the iOS product marketing team, and I've asked people before, how many you know product marketers, how many marketers do you think there are serving the worldwide developer community for this major platform? People will say 10, 20, 100. Well, there are actually three of us. And that means that it's a very, very driven, very, very perfectionist-focused place. And that just makes sense for their business model. When you have one major launch a year and billions of dollars of revenue hanging in the balance, you can't afford to just run fast and break things like they do over Facebook. And so ultimately, I think it's an amazing culture that's got incredible results. That's why it's the most valuable company in the world. But it just wasn't for me personally. And so the advice that I give to your listeners is don't just think about the brand from a consumer perspective. Think about the culture from an employee perspective. Would it fit you? Would it match up well with what you like and dislike? And make a choice based on that, not just on how sexy the brand is at a high level. Okay. In terms of your worst moment, where does that fit in? Ah, okay. Sure. So more specific than that. Um, and I think, I think this is not necessarily a single moment, but more just an epiphany over the course of that summer internship where it dawned on me that here I am in one of the most innovative, um, appealing companies in the entire world, a job that millions of people around the world would kill to get their hands on, but I actually wasn't that happy. And it goes back to that point about you've got to understand what it actually feels like on the inside. And so that's sort of dawning on my mind that culture is actually uh, triumphant over anything else pretty much as far as uh, selecting your pathway into tech. That's a, a drum that I beat over and over again um, in my own career and those I've coached going forward. So, so moving on from the worst moment, can you share with us your IT career highlight or greatest success and how you were able to achieve it? For sure. So I think the greatest success in juxtaposition was actually going to work for LinkedIn um, right after I graduated from the University of Michigan. And a lot of people said to me at the time, you know, Jeremy, like, how could you give up working for a big company like Apple or a big company like Amazon where I also had an offer. You know, LinkedIn is just that sort of weird professional networking site. It's not nearly as cool as Facebook. But what I had done in terms of my due diligence 
I was actually asked people at the company, as well as those who had left and gone elsewhere, what's it like there? What does it feel like to be an employee? And their answers actually reminded me a lot of working in the NGO sector. Very mission-driven. Very much a sense of we're all rowing in the same direction, trying to create a big impact in the world. Not just on our bottom line, but in terms of creating more opportunity for the world's professionals. And for me, that really resonated. And again, there's no one culture that fits everyone perfectly. There's just different cultures that fit different people at different levels. But for me, that was sort of the bee's knees, to use an outdated expression. And as a result, when I was there, I just, I was able to accomplish so much and be so um, successful in my role and satisfy my role because I did have that match in place. Sure. So very much the opposite of the Apple scenario. Right. So, I mean, the the obviously takeaway from that, from my perspective, is that there, there are ways you can find out more about companies and what it is like to work at that place um, than just obviously hoping for the best before you turn up. Yeah, and let me give a little plug for an idea there. And this is obviously going back to my former employer, LinkedIn. Sure. One thing that folks don't necessarily know is obviously you can search for people based on their current company. So you could say, I want to see people who work at Break into Tech, and there's Jeremy. But you can also search for former employers. So if you're doing your due diligence on a firm, and you want to figure out what it's really like there, while the current employees may have a vested interest in sort of propping up their own brand, explaining their own decisions, people who've left the firm are no longer bound by a paycheck or health insurance um, in terms of having to say nice things about the company. Yes. And that may be the, the, the truest, most objective read on what it really feels like to be there. Yeah, you, obviously there is, a, there is a risk there. You you do find there are there are people who've lef, left in a, for a particular <laughs> reason. Sure. And they may have an axe to grind or may not be... Uh, that supportive or or recommend a particular company but that everybody's experience is different right okay um what one thing excites you about the future of a career in it now yeah so i think what's personally motivating for me is the fact that if you work in it not only do you get to experience these great cultures with obviously incredible employee perks we've all heard about the legendary excess of silicon valley firms but on a deeper level you really do get to work with the best and brightest across lots of different areas. So, for example, um, my sense is is that if you're in a more traditional industry, you tend to be more siloed. You know, if you're a marketer, you sit with a bunch of other marketers in the marketing department. If you're a salesperson, you do the same with your with your tribe, so to speak. And while that can be comforting, it doesn't necessarily expose you to different ways of thinking. Whereas the vast majority of tech firms, in my experience, are incredibly cross-functional. For example, at LinkedIn, I didn't sit next to other marketers. I sat next to the product manager and the engineers and the web designers and the developers and the data scientists. And I learned from their different backgrounds and their different perspectives. And I felt the product that we put forward was much more successful as a result because it came from all these diverse sources as opposed to monolithic thinking within one department. Yeah. To me, that's just a really exciting place to be. If you're launching a career, maybe you're not even certain where you fit but you're going to be exposed to so many different ways of thinking just by the nature of the way the tech industry works. Sure. It's, and it's, it's interesting to hear that. Um, obviously, di- different companies, as you say, work sort of structured in different ways and they're organized um, differently and, and a lot still have very much silos in terms of how they do things. Um, so, yeah, v- very interesting point. Um, in terms of the sort of future of technology as well, obviously technology is moving at an incredible rate all the time. Is there anything there that, that interests you? Absolutely. So I think, um, especially as someone who's trained as a marketer and has done marketing in the tech world, 
I tend to be very sort of human centric with my thinking about technology. You know, obviously there's all this excitement in the valley right now about chatbots and artificial intelligence and what have you. And it can be a little bit theoretical. Like we're all just praising this based on the pure technological advance, not necessarily on the human application. But the flip side of that is I think that if we can actually think about where these pieces of technology belong in our life, we can come up with technology that's not just sitting there and becomes an obstacle to our success in the same way that, you know, Windows might have been or Office might have been when it first launched and was really hard to use. Yes. But actually make our day-to-day easier. You know, I think about the fact that my daughter now can say, um, you know, call out to our Amazon Echo sitting on the countertop and have any song in the entirety of human history played for her on demand. And she's three years old. <laughs> or pick up the iPad and tap and watch pretty much any TV show. I hope my wife isn't listening to this. Um, and have that at her fingertips. And imagine, like, that's just sort of relatively simple technology compared to artificial intelligence. Imagine if AI gets really good and really well applied, how much smoother and easier it can make our life in all sorts of instances where things are frustrating and complicated today. And I think that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah. I think the ability for technology to improve people's lives as much as anything else, I think that's a a great reason to be excited about the future of IT. For sure. Okay, we're going to go into the uh, quick reveal was a quick fire round of <laughs> questions for you. So what attracted you to a career in IT? Sure. So I think for me, it really was this idea of you're not only marketing a product or selling a product, but you're inventing the future in the process. And everywhere I've been, from the biggest firms to the smallest startups, you have a say and a hand in defining what the future will look like. And that's just tremendously exciting. What is the best career advice you've ever received? Yeah, I believe the best advice is to focus less on the long term, because I think a lot of times people will say, I've got this 10-year plan for my career, and I have to go from here to here to here. But instead, focus on the short term, which you can actually control, unlike the long term, which is, as you mentioned before, is not always A to B simple. And just say, I want to work with great people on something that I'm personally passionate about. And if you can put yourself in that situation, good things will happen and nothing else matters. Yeah, I think that's really good advice. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Yeah, I think if I had it to do over again, I might actually start a little bit sooner. Um, in some ways, um, bringing that diversity of experience from the education sector and the NGO sector certainly has informed the way I think um, as a tech marketer. You know, it's made me scrappier. It's made me do more with less. But I also think that in some ways, for someone who's right out of university, there's no better place to cut your teeth and learning how the world works and learning how to be successful um, as a professional than tech, just because it's so fast-paced and the growth in these organizations means if you can get your foot in the door in the first role, even if it's not your dream role, you're going to have lots of opportunities that come from that. So I can't imagine a better place to start. Um, What career objectives are you focusing on right now? Yeah, so I think the number one thing is that I've reached this point in my own career where even though I'm very much still learning every day, and my clients are actually informing me as much as I'm informing them, I want to start to pay it forward a little bit. I want to share the lessons that I've learned the hard way so other folks don't have to make them themselves. And so I'm very much trying to put past down some of those um, experiences and advice that I wish I'd gotten in my own career. What's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? 100% empathy. Uh-huh. I think even more than 
knowing Python or SQL or JavaScript, if you know people and if you can understand other people from different backgrounds, you will be successful in this very cross-functional world and serving your customers. Can you share a parting piece of advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? For sure. I think this is a larger, a larger piece of advice about the overall IT industry, and perhaps many industries beyond that, yeah, which is that um, if you are truly passionate about a space, and like me, perhaps, you've grown up building your own computers or hacking around with technology, but you don't necessarily have a computer science degree, don't do what I do and sat on the, sit on the sidelines for 10 years and say, I just don't belong there. This is not for me. Because if you've got that passion, where there's a will, there's a way. And when I've looked at the data across LinkedIn, it turns out that there are actually more people working in IT who don't have technical backgrounds than there are who have computer science or engineering backgrounds. Well, interesting stats. Absolutely. And hopefully I should show you that while it can feel incredibly frustrating to be stuck on the outside looking in, that you don't have to be stuck there forever. And there are definitely ways and well-trod paths, in fact, that you can follow to break into tech. And finally, what's the best way that we can find out more about you and contact or connect with you? Yeah, so definitely visit my website, which again is breakinto.tech. And there I basically have all the content I've ever created in the space. How to pick the right tech firm, how to pick the right tech role, um, how to ace your resume or CV and your tech interview, all for free, all just right there and available at breakinto.tech. Great, that sounds like a great resource to have. So, Jeremy, thanks so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking with you. Thanks again for the opportunity, and good luck to all your listeners out there. Thanks for tuning in to the IT Career Energizer podcast. I hope you found the discussion with Jeremy useful, particularly if you're looking to break into IT. You'll find full show notes from today's episode at the website, which is itcareerenergizer.com slash e8. You can also find show notes for previous episodes. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate any feedback you may have about the podcast. In the next episode, I'll be speaking with Mark Robinson, who is a senior IT consultant and also TEDx presenter. I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.